Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. going into a new series, and I know I've been talking a lot about this, that I've been alluding to the possibility of us start talking about money, but I want to encourage you that we are not going to talk about money, but we are going to have a series where we talk about money, and that is the name of this series, is Don't Talk About Money, a series where we talk about money. A lot of times in the church, we're like, don't talk about money, pastor, don't talk about money, pastor, don't talk about money, pastor, and so we're not, we're not going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it, okay, and it's going to be really, really good, and I'm really excited for this. We just came out of a series about slaying our giants, and for some of us, the giant that we need to slay is a financial giant, okay? <laughs> There's giants in our financial land, and we're constantly looking at our bank account going, why is everything gone all the time? And now in this series, I'm not necessarily going to tell you and teach you the do's and don'ts of budgeting and all that. I'm going to teach you some biblical principles um, about money and what Jesus spoke about money, what he had to say, because guess what? The Bible talks about money, okay? Let me just go ahead and underline this. This is not in my notes, so I'm going to go and give it to you, okay? You cannot be a full Bible-believing Christian who goes to church, okay, but also believes that the church should never talk about money. The two do not go together, okay? The church should talk about money. Why? Because Jesus talked about money. Even if you don't talk about Jesus talking about money, it is filled throughout the Word of God with different scriptures that teaches principles about money. Now you go, well, Pastor, I don't know about that. I never saw anything about the George Washington or, or, the, Abraham, or the Abraham Lincoln. I didn't see anything about those bills in there. So, Pastor, we shouldn't talk about that. You're absolutely correct. But it was an agricultural society back then, and we're going to talk some about in the weeks to come. I'm not going to focus as much on that today. But we've got to understand whenever they're talking about the agricultural society and lending to somebody, and giving a, a goat and all these different things, what they're really doing is they're, you have to view that as money for today in a lot of ways. Or different talents, when they talk about talents and abilities, there was, they had different ways. They had bartering. There was different ways that they used what we would call money today. Now we have cash. And so we don't, we don't and, and, and some of y'all are like, no, pastor, we're going to cashless society and the end of the times are coming because it's cashless society. You've been using a credit card for a long time, okay? So don't get me started, all right? But anyways, uh, Psalm 24 says this, okay? And if you want a, a, a title for your series today, I mean, a title for your message inside the series, because I like giving, mess, I like giving uh, titles to each message in the series, it's going to be this. Money is not my master, but it does matter. Money is not my master, but it does matter. And that's a declaration of something that you need to know is that money should never be mastering over you. It should never be lording over you. It should never be your God. You should never be serving money. You should let your money serve you and the people around you, okay? So it is. it does matter, and there are matters concerning our money, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Are you in Psalm 24? Verse 1 and 2 is what we're going to read. Let's start off with this. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. So how much of the earth is the Lord's? The fullness. The, that means all. The world and those who dwell therein. Verse 2. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon 
the waters. In other words, God created this and it all belongs to him. So guess what that means? Your, your, your house should belong to the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a, it's a sound of and a sign of dedication what Joshua is saying. So my house, it belongs to the Lord. My car belongs to the Lord. My kids, guess what? They belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord, which means this. Your money belongs to the Lord because God owns everything think about it this way everything that god has given to you he's entrusting you with it okay so it belongs to god but he gives it to you that's where we get all mixed up and messed up is we think it belongs to us and i give it back to god when i want to but it never belonged to you in the first place everything that you have belongs to the lord and so now when that's a that's the biggest viewpoint if you could just get this in the beginning of this message and i'll be honest with you i started studying this i have never preached on money ever I've been preaching for, since I was, well, y'all, since I was 16, I've been preaching, and I have never preached on money. I've preached on numerous other things. I've never preached on money. So I sat down, and I was, I'm going to be honest with you, I was very intimidated. If anybody's ever studied uh, for a message or to prep or preach, or maybe you, you've done a dissertation, or maybe you've had to do some sort of public speech and public uh, speaking, Whenever you go to study something and, and, and look into things that you're maybe not the most familiar with actually communicating about, it's intimidating, right? Have been there before? We had to study for something that was intimidating. I felt intimidated in that moment, and I began to study more and more. And as I studied, it was like one thing after the other. So I said that just going to let you know. We probably are not going to get through this message today. How many of you were here whenever I preached? I think it was about a year and a half ago, two years ago. It's been almost two years ago now, where I preached a series called The Flags of Gratitude. Anybody here when I preached that? Like five people. That's awesome, because I'm probably going to preach it again next year, because it's a super good series. But I felt similar to what I was, when I was studying, I told Pastor Chelsea, I feel like I'm studying the flags of gratitude all over again because it was just bubbling out things that the Lord wanted to speak on this matter because it's important, okay? Uh, Matthew, so in Matthew 25, we find the parable of the talents, right? And we see that this owner gives all these talents and, 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 and there's, there's one, there's, there's two of them. One gets five, one gets two, one gets one. The five goes and invests it, gets a great return. The, the, the one that has two goes and invests it, gets too bad gets a great return the one the one who gets the one talent goes and hides it and puts it down in the dirt because he's afraid of of of, of losing it and and so on and so forth and so what what this parable kind of shows us is like this that god gives you everything you have on loan and then it is our job to be a good steward over what god has given to you okay stewardship is important we'll talk more about that but he's entrusted you to take care of your money He's entrusted you to take care of your kids. He's entrusted you to take care of your house. He's entrusted you to take care of your life, of your body, of your family. He's entrusted you, but he's also entrusted you. He's entrusted you to take care of the money that you have because it already belongs to, to the Lord. But listen, you have a short amount of time to actually deal with what the Lord has given you properly. And so it is, a, it is very important that we realize that whenever we get something from the Lord, that we steward that thing 
properly. Now, I want, I want you to, 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 like, God gave all of us talents, okay? I believe God gave me the talent of communicating the Word of God. God gave me the talent of being able to play instruments, um, one of them skillfully, one of them not so skillfully. Drum skillfully, can't, keyboards, I'm still working at it, okay? But God gave me that, that talent. And, you know, we can look at the world that we live in today, and there's great artists, there's great people who have uh, been given talents. And I just want you to know something. Every talent that that person was given, guess what? They're given it by God. That doesn't mean they used it for the Lord and for the kingdom, but it was given by God, okay? And so I, I, these talents that we have, could you imagine, could you imagine if I have the talent of communicating the gospel, right? which is a, or a gifting, if you want, we want to use it that way, we could use that word too, a gifting of communicating the gospel to people. But all I did was stand in a mirror and communicated the gospel to myself. We would call that poor stewardship, but not only that, guess what? People miss out on what you have. Now, I'm going to translate this. Could you imagine if some of the greats, uh, I don't know, let, let's just talk about... Um, I can't ask this question. I'll do this, okay, because I like them. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Incredible musicians, incredible singers, just great music to, to dance with your significant other to, okay? Have fun with each other. It's okay to have fun with each other, right? Uh, it, it, it's, I enjoy that, that funky kind of music. And could you imagine if they all had that skill and they all had that talent but, and wrote all these songs? They wrote September. All these songs, they wrote all of these amazing songs, and then they just sang them in their garage and never released them to the world. We, I mean, we'd be missing out on some great tunes, okay? Like, we'd, be missing, we'd be missing some good music in the world that, that brings smiles to people's faces, brings happiness, all right? So I, I say that to say this. In the area of your finances, your money is very similar to the talent, meaning it is not just for you. God wants to bless you to a point that you have overflowing money and wealth. Understand the way I talk about wealth here or provision to where that you can help be the feet of Jesus to a person that needs provision. How many believe that God is the provider? Amen. But how many know God has to provide through some source, some way or some person, which means this. What better people for God to show forth the provision in the earth than through the people of God? We have waited and relied far too much on Bill Gates and everybody else. Not, there's nothing, understand what it says? I'm not saying anything bad about them, okay? But what I am saying is this. How much, how much more should people in the kingdom of God be blessed so that we can bless others, so that we can be a representation of Jesus, not a representation of Microsoft, okay? We have no, uh, I'm going to start meddling, okay? I'm going to start meddling. We have no problem with Patrick Mahomes signing the biggest NFL contract in history, making multi, 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 multi. He makes more money in like a minute than I make in a year. But if I made in the minute what he makes in a year, we would have people knocking on the door saying, why does pastor make money? Now, I'm going to balance it. 
I don't want to make multi, 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 million dollars. And if I am making multi, 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 million dollars, guess what? You will see that I'm making multi, 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 million dollars, not based on the house that I live on, but based on the houses that I can provide for other people who need homes, based on the cars that I can provide for people who need cars, based on the meals that I can provide for people who need meals. That's how you'll see the provision of the Lord. But we get all bent out of shape whenever church people make good money when really people in the church should live in the blessing of the lord you don't have to live on broke busted and disgusted street okay god wants you to live in his provision so that you can show forth his provision to others that's not in the notes but it's good so god gave you something god gave you money the reason you're blessed is to be a blessing. Unfortunately, we often try to keep all of our blessing for ourselves, and that's what we do. We let money be our master rather than it being something that matters. Now, what did Jesus have to say about this? Ma- Matthew chapter 6. You can turn there or it'll be up on the screens if you want to. Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus speaking here, okay? You got to understand, Jesus obviously understood this was going to be a problem with us if he wanted to make sure that he told stories. Did you know this? 30% of the parables that Jesus tells actually have to do with money. We love to talk about the parables of Jesus, but for some reason when we talk about money, we get real, we clam up. Like, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be real, real with you, okay? The reason you start feeling that little bit of clamming up is because there's probably an element in you that you have let money begin to master you. I'm not saying that you have a false god, false idol, and you're getting on your dollar. I'm saying is your life that you have let money chain on you. I want this series to be an element free in the way of finances, okay? Matthew 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 19 says, do not and where thieves break in steal but store treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy where thieves do not break in and steal where your treasure is where your treasure is there your heart will be also the eye is the lamp of the body if your eyes are healthy your whole body will be full of light but if your eyes are unhealthy your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light you is darkness how great is that darkness no one can serve two masters either you will hate the one and love the other or devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both god and mammon or your trans another translation and the way that translate is money money you cannot serve god and money listen i'm going to say this again but i want you to understand the beginning of this I believe that God wants you to have money. It is not a bad thing to want to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Some people have abused the truth of the word of God and made it a uh, you know, this gospel of, of wealth where everything in the word of God comes back to money. Listen, I'm not talking about that. We, we, believe, we don't believe in a poverty gospel. We believe in a provision gospel. We don't believe in an overindulgence, abundance, greed gospel. We believe in a provision gospel where God provides all, his, all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I believe God wants you to have money. I believe that he wants you to walk in the blessing of the Lord. I believe he wants you to use it, use it according to his word, though. 
Verse 21 said this. It said, for where your treasure is, what's it say? There your heart will be. You may want to write this down. If we can't use money the way the word teaches us to use money, we have made it a God. If we can't use money the way the word teaches us to use money, then we're making it a God. If God can't tell you what to do with your money, then the voice of the almighty Benjamin is greater than the voice of the great I am. If you are concerned and you will not flow with your money, it's because we, we, we get up the boldness to lay hands on the sick. It's very difficult for us to get the boldness to pay for somebody's groceries. And the reason is, is because I understand, okay, <laughs> inflation, I get it, I understand. But in a world where the, where the news is yelling these things and people around you is yelling these things and social media is yelling about uh, cutbacks again and all these different things, you need to go back to the place where the truth stands, which is the word of God. And he is your provider. He is your supplier. He's the one that's more than enough for you. And I want to encourage you, the Holy Spirit really places something in your heart to do with your finances or with your money. Do not talk yourself out of it. What's the Bible say? Walk in the Spirit so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh does not mean sexual things. Okay? It does not mean inappropriate things. Excuse me. But what it, or, but what it does mean is the lust of the flesh is what the spirit is the opposite of what the spirit of God is telling you to do. So your flesh is telling you, uh, I don't think that's the voice of the Lord. I don't think that's what you need to do with your money. I don't think you need to buy that person's meal. Oh, I don't think you need to do that. That's the voice of the flesh speaking within you, and you will talk yourself out of walking in the spirit. You very easily can do that. It's understand I want to say this. It's not hard to talk yourself out of it if you don't catch it and go, nope, I'm going to be obedient to the Spirit of God. I'm going to walk in the Spirit, not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to do what the Lord is telling me to do. Listen, you will not see the benefits of the maker unless his voice is louder than the voice of the money. You will not see the benefits of the maker unless his voice is louder. God can make a man out of dust surely he can provide enough for you to pay your bills surely he can provide enough for you to feed your family surely he can show himself forth faithful in that way now i'm not saying it's not gonna take work on your part i'm not saying it's not gonna take faithfulness we'll talk about that in just a little bit i'm not saying you you just get to be lazy and sit back and just wait for the lord to just bring red all red eyeball ravens in from the sky with money in in their mouth and drop it rain let it rain on you i'm not saying that okay there's gonna be things that you still have to do but listen also this money reveals heart issues and that's why we really don't want to talk about money right here. It's because money reveals heart issues. For where your treasure is, what's the scripture say? Just after he's talked to, just after Jesus read letters, the one that we want to live by, right? The, the, the guy who says these wisdom, these words full of wisdom, he is the word made flesh. It's the person that we want to imitate in our life. He's the one that we want to become more like. He's what Christian means to be Christ-like. He's talking about don't store up your treasures in on this earth where moth rust and, and thieves can come and break in and steal, but rather in, store up your treasure in heaven. It goes on to say, for where your treasure is, what's he say? There your heart will be also. So if you're, if you're always looking to your money rather than the supplier or the source, 
source of where all good and perfect things come from, it reveals where your heart is at. And so we want to make sure that we are getting it in place, thinking that things would be different. This is a trick, and this is a trick and a trap of the enemy, okay? Listen, thinking that things would be different if you had more money is the deception that the, of the enemy that will keep you bound, okay? Thinking like, well, if I just had more money, I would give more. Oh, if I just had more money, then I, then I would give more faithfully. Oh, if I just had more money, then I would be able to do this. Or if I had more money, you know, I, I would be able to bless those around me a little bit more, Pastor. You know, I, I could do that more consistently. I could actually obey the voice of the Lord <laughs> if I had more money. That is a deception and a lie of the enemy that will help you walk in your flesh a little bit easier. Because you'll, and, and I, listen, I know this from experience because I fell into this trap, okay? I'm not saying anything like I'm high and mighty and have never um, fallen into the traps of the enemy uh, in, this, in the area of our finances and, and, and walked in the flesh in the area of our finances. But, you know, there are times in, in our life, in Pastor Chelsea and I's life, where it was like, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't give as much. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know about this babe because money's looking real real tight when we have money we'll give more money and then we get more money and it's like well i think we can still hold on to this and i think we can still hold on to this because you need to save for a rainy day right and so you start it's just a lie that the enemy gives you it says hey if you had more you would do more but really you need to go ahead and start doing so that you can have so that god will provide it says that he provides seed to whom the sower so the one that sows is the one who also reaps okay and that which you sow you will also reap so every time you sow i want you to realize that there is a harvest that is coming on the other side it may not be tomorrow it may not be a month from now it may not be a year from now i'm not telling you when it will be but i do know that god is faithful he's not mocked if he said he'll do something then he will do it okay verse 24 it talks about this no one can serve two masters either you will hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve both god and money jesus knew there would be a struggle with us serving money why do we struggle with money so much why do we struggle with money so much you write this down because in our eyes and the civilization that we live in money equals success to us and John um, Anderson did an incredible financial seminar a little while back. It's still on our HPC family page if you want to check it out. But he talked a little bit about this, about how we gauge success and how money is the, the, it is the mountain of success that we all want to live on. But really, that's not success according to the Bible. Financial success is not biblical success. Financial success is American success. And unfortunately, we uh, um, we have fallen into the trap of American Christian nationalism so far that that has become the church's success. And once again, I'm gonna bring this back. I want to balance it. God wants you to be blessed. Do not miss that. He does want you to be blessed, but that does not make you a success. Mark 8.36 says this, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, to get all the riches, to have all the monies, but forfeit his soul? What is biblical success? What is biblical? Well, I think Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount when he's given the Beatitudes, and he starts saying, blessed is this, blessed is that, blessed is the poor spirit, blessed are these. And he gives all these different different things as to people who will be blessed so he's really saying 
these are people that will be successful. If you'll do this in the sermon, I don't have time to go into the Beatitude sermon, but he starts talking about this. It's really, the, the, the heart of that is this. The heart of his Beatitude sermon is this. People who will love the Lord with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, and all their strength. That's really it right there in a nutshell. If you will do that, you are successful. The scriptures talks about those beatitudes though and it's things that we should walk out but i want you to write this down if jesus says i'm blessed then that's my success if jesus says that i'm blessed okay then that's my success so if i'm walking in the blessing of jesus if i am obeying the blessings of jesus what jesus said that these would be the people that are blessed then that's my success that is biblical success my, you know, you could gain everything in the world, but if you lose, if you lose your soul, I'm gonna just go as far as this. If you begin to, if you start losing your family, and you, you know, you don't have time for your family anymore because you're chasing a paycheck. You don't have time for your marriage anymore because you're ch- chasing a paycheck. That's not successful in the kingdom. That is not kingdom success. That's not biblical success. I know y'all are quiet on me today. Because it's more of a teaching. It's not, I'm not preaching. We did three weeks of hype, okay? I, I, I hyped you up for three weeks to lay down the law on some things, okay? <laughs> Maybe at the end of this series, I'll come back up and, you know, we'll talk, we'll, we'll preach. It. God wants to bless your message, okay? But we're going to talk about some things for a couple weeks. We're going to get into the nitty gritty. You may want to write this down. I didn't put this in, on the screens. The content of your character is more important than the amount of zeros beside your bank account. That's more successful. The content of your character is more important than the amount of zeros in your bank account. Ask the Proverbs 31 woman. What does it say of the Proverbs 31 woman? She is far more precious than rubies. Really what's saying is far more precious. The content of her character means so much more than any amount of money. The, 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 the content of, of, of a biblical woman, the, uh, the content of, the, of someone who's walking in the character of Christ is far more worth any amount of money than you can attach to it. Why is that? Because money will not make you happy forever because money doesn't stay with you forever. Guess what? You ain't taking your zeros to heaven with you, okay? Now you're going to leave some zeros to your family, and that's good. And you need to leave a, an inheritance. The scripture talks about that, about leaving a, an inheritance for your family. I believe it's important to think about that, okay? And generational blessings. But you're not going to take that to heaven with you, okay? You're not going to take all the money that you've stored up into heaven. Guess what? It's going to go away. It doesn't stay with you forever. Now, we all use money, right? However, having money or spending money cannot be the end goal. If you think that being promoted... Earning more, saving more, or spending more will finally make you happy. You are in for a big letdown. Okay? You are in for a big letdown because only God who richly provides can make us finally and fully happy. You want to write this down too? I love this quote by Billy Sunday. The fellow who has no money is poor. Well, that's profound. (laughs) The person who has no money is poor. But the fellow who has nothing but money is still poorer. If all you got at the end of your days to show is the zeros beside your bank account, you are poor. You are not rich. But at the end of your days, 
you say, you know what? I fulfilled everything that the Lord called me to do. I've done what he's called me to do. I've been faithful with my family. I've been faithful to my spouse. I've been faithful in my life. He finds me faithful. I'm successful. I'm very rich. I'm not poor. Even if I don't have a whole lot of money, I'm not poor. I'm a rich. My dad used to always say it like this. And, I, and now that I have kids, I think I agree with him more than ever. Uh, he used to say this all the time from the pulpit. That if I had no money and I was living under a bridge in a cardboard box, but my kids love and serve the Lord, my wife, our relationship is healthy, it's good, and we're faithful to one another. I am the richest person on planet Earth. And I believe that, that that's a huge part. I know we talk about money, but you know, generational wealth is important too, not just in finances, but also in our walk with the Lord and what we're, the inheritance of the Spirit of God that we're leaving to our children is also important. Listen, you can have all the money, but still not have anything. First Timothy 6 and 10 says this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You can get to a point in your life where you chase money more than you chase God. And you may say this, but I go to church, pastor. But are you as faithful to church as you are to chasing new business endeavors or paychecks? Y'all got real quiet. Well, I, I, I go to church, but are you as faithful to church and your walk with the Lord as you are about making sure that you're chasing the new business endeavor and the next paycheck that's coming? Are you faithful? Are you as faithful in your walk with the Lord as you are in chasing the next big promotion or thing that's coming? And, uh, you know, down the line, are you walking with the Lord as much as you talk with your boss about trying to get a promotion? Do you talk to God as much as you talk to your, your fellow employees about what the next promotion is and how to climb the ladder and so on and so forth. You can get to a point where you chase these things more than you chase the maker, more than you chase the creator, more than you chase the one that can actually give you the abundant blessings. I'm not saying that those things are bad. Now, now uh, ladder climbing is bad. Don't do that. But I'm not saying that, that going after paychecks and and, and, and trying to excel in your job for promotions and bonuses and things like that. Those are not bad things, okay? They're not bad things. They can be used improperly, but they're not bad things. But the question here is, am I as faithful in my walk with the Lord, my attendance to church, with my family, with my spouse, as I am to chasing the money that's over here? If not, we have made money a master and it no and and our family really doesn't matter that much because we've put money above family relationship with God and so on and so forth when it should be the other way it should be ba balanced in the other way to where as I, I'm going to be faithful to my family. I'm going to be faithful to my kids. I'm going to be faithful to my spouse. I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to be faithful to my walk with the Lord. All these different things. And, and, and then money will come. Seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you, okay? So you need to make your relationship with the Lord your number one, okay? Now, good things can become bad things when put in wrong priorities. And blessings can become curses when handled incorrectly. I'll give you a little tidbit on this real quickly, little story. Uh, at one point in time, there was a gentleman um, 
in our church, not here, but in the high praise uh, PC. And this gentleman walked into a great blessing of wealth all of a sudden. Now, this, this man had came from not much, learned the principles of faithfulness, right? Because guess what? A principle is a principle with promises attached, okay? So when you, you practice principles, promises happen. So this man starts walking in the principles and finances, walks into great blessing, becomes very blessed. So then what happens next is this man, because we live near the beautiful beaches, Panama City Beach, goes and buys a boat, right? Now this man, was faith, he's been faithful to church, faithful in tithes and offerings, all these different things. Walks in this blessing. Well, next thing you know, um, and I'm not talking about anybody in this room, so please, but back, we say this thing in church where backsliding happens one row at a time. <laughs> like, I know it's funny, but it's, there's, a, there's a truth in this uh, to where people start on the, they'll start in the back, they'll make their way forward, <laughs> and then slowly, now I'm not saying if you're in the back row today, John, I'm not, I'm not picking on y'all back there, okay? But you see this actually take place, and we've seen it happen time and time again, where people slowly scoot back, and then they're missing, and so on and so forth. And that's what happened with this gentleman and his family. They started missing church all the time. Next thing we knew, there was numerous other things that started getting out of line and priority in their life. And guess what? That blessing turned into a curse for his family and for himself. And long-term, he ended up losing a lot of things, lost a lot of stuff, kind of hit the bottom, and he found himself where? Back at church, back in relationship with the Lord, back practicing faithful steps. I give that illustration, that story to say this. Don't be the one that practices all these things, gets the blessing, and then has to have it be a curse before you have to go back to your blessing, okay? Just live in the blessing of the Lord and be faithful with it. Just be faithful with what God gives you. Good things can become bad things when put in the wrong priority. Now, I want to give you real quickly... I think I have six things that money should never do, okay? Money should never be the deciding factor in life-altering decisions. Y'all are quiet today. <laughs> Meaning this, I understand promotion, I understand these things, but if, it's, if, it makes, if you have to sacrifice your walk with the Lord, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your kids, things like that, then it is probably not the best decision for you to make to follow that path. There's probably a better path that God has for you. So money should never be the deciding factor. And this is how to break free of the master of money mindset, okay? Uh, number two, money should not keep you from raising your kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, okay? Meaning this, if you're never present to raise your kids ever, if you're always, 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 always gone, can't go to church with your kids, can't, can't have uh, prayer time or anything like that with them, if you can't be present, if, if, if y'all can't be present with your kids, then it's probably not the best for you if you're chasing that, if you're chasing that job or promotion that le leads to that, listen, you probably need to watch it, okay? Number three, money should not keep you from being present, loving, and caring spouse. In the South, in the Southern culture we live in, right, the man goes and makes the money, comes home, sits in his lazy boy, and has his wife uh, uh, care for him. Now, y'all know in this church, that ain't how it goes, all right? We treat our women well. We, we, uh, we treat her the way that she deserves to be treated, and we honor our spouse. We don't do that. And if you do that, stop it. 
Now, I'm not saying stop making money. What I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is don't come in, sit your butt down, and not do anything and be a lazy butt, okay? I gave everything to work, honey. Well, yeah, she gives everything to her kids, and you're in the house. She works too, okay? Don't be... Anyways, you go do it for a month and see how you like it. Say <laughs> law. Anyways, so, but if, if money be, starts becoming division between you and your spouse, meaning that you can never show her care, love, and be present because you're always chasing the next job, promotion, or business opportunity, then it is not for you and you are under the master of money mindset, okay? The next thing is this. I haven't even got to my main six points, y'all. These are just sub-points. I got six big points coming up, and so we're definitely carrying this to next week. I'm talking about things that I could talk about for a while, too. <laughs> Money should not be what makes you successful or a failure. This is obvious based on what we've talked about this morning. It should not, that should not be your gauge of success or failure. Money should never be the motivation of a relationship. Don't marry them because they have money. <laughs> you don't need a sugar daddy or a sugar mama, okay? Don't marry somebody just because they have money, all right? That's not smart. It will not end in a healthy, it'll, it'll end up in a lot of hell, not a lot of heaven for your relationship, okay? So do not make money the motivation of relationship. And even outside of marriage, it really shouldn't be the motivation of any relationship. Oh, you have money and I have money. We're friends. You don't have money. I have money. We can't be friends. We don't have money. You have money. I want to be your friend so you can pay for my stuff. That's still improper motivation of a relationship. Okay. All of those are wrong. That, is, that should never be the motivation factor of a relationship. If you find yourself in that, once again, you're finding yourself in that, ma that of money mastering you mindset. And the last one is this, money should never be held on to tighter than our faith. Should never hold on to money tighter than you hold on to your faith. Now, I am going to give you one. I'm going to give you, I think, I'll give you one, okay? One way to break free of the money master mindset out of the six that we have is this. We'll start with this one. Number one is be a good steward. Be a good steward, okay? Now, stewardship, we often go, well, you're immediately talking about tithes and offerings then, Pastor. I'm not actually talking about that, okay? We'll talk about that next week or the week after. Well, we will talk about tithes and offerings. Do I believe that, that tithe, giving in the tithes is part of stewardship? Yes. And let me, I'll go ahead and talk just real quickly about it. Tithe means a tenth. Okay, that's what the word actually means, is a tenth. And it talks in the scripture in Malachi talks about bringing a tithe into the storehouse or a tenth into the storehouse of all your increase. So that means everything that you get. So then you bring a tenth into the storehouse, okay? And then it talks about how God blesses you and so on and so forth. So according to the scripture, it's something that we are commanded and supposed to do. And there's other scriptures I could give you on that, but I'll leave it there for right now. But it's something that we're commanded and supposed to do. So it is a part of stewardship because the word of God tells us to do it. So in order to be a good steward, we need to follow the word of God, right? But sub to that is this, okay? Being a good steward looks like this. And you can write these things down if you want to. We'll talk about that in a second. But it means creating a budget, living within your means, being faithful with what you have, and not what you're believing for. <laughs> That's being a good steward. Be faithful with what you have, not with what you're believing for. Please do not make a faith budget. At least I'm going to say this. If you're going to make a faith budget, don't execute the faith budget. Just let it be a faith budget and pray over it, all right? But the budget that you create needs to be something that shows in the living of what you have and within your means. The, living within a budget, I'm going to say it like this. 
Living within a budget is how you show your money who's boss. But don't let your money show you who's boss. You show your money who's boss, okay? Which God is, your, is the boss of all of it anyways because he made everything, right? But also, let me, with good stewardship comes a proper work ethic as well. You should work for money, okay? Proverbs 10.4 tells us idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands, what? It brings riches is what the scripture says. So what we bring in then, we're commanded to watch over well. It's on the screen, and you can write it down again if you want to, but stewardship is not having a lot or a little. It's about watching what you have well. Stewardship's not about having a lot or a little. It's about just watching what you have well. That's what being a good steward is actually all about. So whether you have millions or you have hundreds or you have tens, whatever you have, steward it, watch over it well, because that's literally what the word steward means. It means to watch over well, so that means using your money and your finances properly. So sometimes that means spending more. Sometimes that means giving more. Sometimes it means spending less so that you can give more either now or in the future. That is good stewardship. Write this down. I didn't put this on the screen, but this is good. The reward to proper stewardship is rulership. The reward for, for proper stewardship is rulership, which those that are faithful over little or steward little well, what's the Bible say of those people? That they'll be made rulers over much. So if you steward what you have now well, whether it's tens or it's millions, that means that you will be a ruler over more in the days to come, that God will bless you in a way that you'll be watching over what you have even in a greater degree, in a greater manner, because there's going to be more. See, we see, and we see this in the world, right? We see, so because I said this a minute ago, a principle is a principle, right? So biblical, the Bible is the Bible, and even when the world practices biblical principles, guess what? Whether they know it or not, you, you see this in people, they walk into the biblical promises. Whether they're actually believing that promise or not, a principle is a principle. And so what do good employees make? Well, good employees make good managers. Faithful over little, ruler over much. What do good managers make? Well, good managers will make good employers, and good employers will make good business owners because they steward what they have well. So you have money now, be smart with it, and follow the word with it. Can I give you one more? All right, we'll give you one more. This is the longer one, but it's okay. This one's a more fun one. Number two is this. Oh, it's fun, and it also stinks. Practice contentment. <laughs> Practice contentment. What does contentment mean? It is a state of happiness and satisfaction. 1 Corinthians says this in chapter 7, verse 17. 1 Corinthians 7, 17, you don't turn there, but it says this, and don't be wishing you were someplace else with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. You need to keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. That's what Hebrews 13, 5 says, okay? Because God said this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's Hebrews 13, 5. I'm gonna read one more scripture for you. Matthew 6, this is a long one, but I'm gonna read, okay? I'm gonna help set you free in, the way, in, in this area of contentment because sometimes it's very difficult in the Instagram, Facebook, social media society that we live in, the Insta-fame society that we live in, to get very frustrated with where you're at because you don't have the newest, nicest home or you don't have the, uh, you know, the aesthetic 
home that you want and all these different things. It can be very difficult to be to grow into that place of contentment. But maybe this will help for you some. Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body, and, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. In other words, even in the mountain of abundance that he had, didn't even look as good as one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I would give you that whole scripture because you want to write this down. You'll become content when you realize how much he cares. That is the key to growing in contentment with what you have, is you realize he cares for me. Never will he leave you. Never will he forsake you. I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. I've never, never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging for bread. Listen, he will always provide for you. If he'll provide for the birds of the air, surely he'll provide for you. If he'll provide and dress the, the lilies and make some beautiful, and let me tell you, he will provide for you but you need to realize that he cares knowing he cares will make you happy and make you satisfied and the reason you're never content though is because you care too much about what everyone else has around you not enough about how much he truly cares for you because you get so wrapped up in what everyone else has and you care so much about that rather than focusing so let me encourage you to fix your focus on how much he cares for you because he does he cares for you. Miss Trish, will you come play this morning? Listen, like the scripture said in 1 Corinthians, live, obey, and believe right where you are. And I believe that whenever you do that, it attracts the peace and the blessing of the Lord. And I know we didn't get through this whole, the whole message this morning. I know it's a different style of message, but let me encourage you to this week, begin to focus and look at areas of your life where maybe you've let money master some things in your life. And let me encourage you to make sure that you put things in right priority and make sure that God is first. And listen, I'm not saying once again, I'm gonna balance it with this one more time before I dismiss you. I'm not saying that money does not matter, okay? Because money absolutely matters, and God wants you to live blessed, and he wants you to have the blessing of the Lord. But at the same time, it cannot be what we focus in on. We need to focus in on God, and then he may, brings all these things into our life after. Amen. Will you stand up to your feet this morning? Let's pray, church. We're going to pray in one accord together. We just lift your hands to the Lord say, Father, I thank you for your people. Pray God's blessing in their life. I thank you for this word, Lord. I thank you that you help us today. You help us put priorities in order, Father. Lord, for those that may be in here today that have 
focused more on money than you, Father. Let us change that perspective, Father. For those that have maybe chased after things and chased after finances and blessings and all these things, Lord, let us first chase after you and know that all these things will be added unto us as long as we keep you the priority of our life, Father. So, Lord, we ask that you help us today. You help us be good stewards. Lord, give us wisdom and guidance on how to steward what you've given to us properly. And, Lord, give us wisdom and guidance on, and help us look at what we have with a greater eye that we'll be more content with what we have so that the blessing of God can reign true in our lives. So Lord, we give you all praise, honor, and glory for it. Thank you for what you've done, you're doing, and you're going to do in Jesus name everybody said amen we give God a hand clap of praise today hallelujah